we're going to be reading a, a smaller portion of scripture, and it's about a church in Antioch. Can you guys say Antioch with me? Antioch. Antioch is a church that was located in the Roman Empire at the time. Um, it was filled with people who were not from Jerusalem, not from Israel, not Israelites for the most part. And what you see happening with the spread of the gospel, as we've been reading about, is it came to the city and it just began to explode. You began to see the church just explode. It kind of became one of the bigger, more powerful churches in that area. God's hand was in there. It said that miracles were happening in that place. God was raising up leaders in the church. In fact, what you would see in that place is you would see... um, Leaders like someone like Barnabas, if you remember that name. Someone like Paul, if you remember the story of Paul, who would be there as leaders, a part of that church. And that's where we find ourselves as we look at kind of this, this story and this passage to wrap up what we're, what we're going through about the Holy Spirit. And it would say this. If you want to look at chapter 13, verse 1, it says this. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. There was Barnabas, there was Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manahan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. Can we say amen to God's word? What you see happening in this, there's a place of worship, there's a place of place of uh, fasting and prayer and then the holy spirit speaks and says set these two apart for the work that i've called them to do barnabas and saul were two people that had kind of a friendship with one another they both weren't originally from antioch saul was someone if you know his story um he was a pharisee he persecuted christians he approved their death God met him in a miraculous vision on the road to Damascus. And then from there, he went through a journey of even just becoming everything that God had called him to be. And it says that when Paul presented himself before the 12 apostles after he had met Jesus, it said that the apostles were so scared at that point because this was a man that had murdered their friends on the basis of the gospel. So a lot of them thought he was faking it and trying to get inside to destroy them. But what it says is that Barnabas was a man that actually came and validated him. He came behind him and said, no, this, he's, he's truly changed by God. He was someone who stood up for them. How many of you guys like friends that stand up for you in that way? That's, that was, those are people that mean a lot for you. And that was something that meant a lot for them. And when the church at Antioch began to grow, it says that they sent Barnabas to it to lead the church. And what a lot of people think in this scripture is because they said Barnabas first, that he was kind of the quote-unquote senior pastor of this church. And yet it would say when Barnabas went that he actually went and found Saul in his hometown and said, I want you to come with me and to help lead this church. I want you to come help make disciples for Jesus. And they're here in this place and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, I'm sending you to a different place now. Your work here is done in Antioch and now I'm sending you somewhere else. And I think it's fascinating if you look at verse 2, the actual wording of what it says, it says, the work to which I have called them. And these, these are the words of the Holy Spirit of what he would say, that God would imply that there is work to which that he has called us to. Not only that God would just have work for us to do, but there's a specific calling over our lives that God has called us to do. Amen? And when you, when you look at why they were 
sent, where they were sent, it speaks a lot to the fact that, you know, we're not just relational people. Yes, we are relational people. We are a family with one another. But it's not just about relationship. It's not just showing up in the door. It's not just about getting along, just tolerating with people around us. That there's something different about the way that we would be relational to one another than any other gathering that happens in the world around us. There are things that distinguish us, the way that we love one another, but also what we do together. And not, I'm not saying by any means that it's wrong to relate to one another, to build deep relationships with one another, to get along, to build friendships. But if that's the only thing that you're doing is just to be comfortable with the people around you, we're going to miss the point of what church really is. Because that's not the whole reason why Jesus made us. He made us to be a people on mission to the world around us. And so when you, if it's just about, you know what, I just want to come here for me. I just want to build my relationships. I just want to feel comfortable for me. Then your understanding of Christianity will deteriorate. Your understanding of church will deteriorate. And it will become inverted in that sense. And that's that's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to understand what's happening in the scripture because you see a God who sends people. You see a God whose presence is among the people. And the thing that distinguish, distinguishes us from us and the rest of the world is that God is present among us. God is present here. God is working amongst all of us, not just some of us, all of us in this place and is calling us to deeper things. Paul would even say in another scripture when he's instructing a church, he would say, so that someone would walk in off the street and look at the way that you guys are treating one another. And he would say, God is really among you. It's not a fake God among you. God is really among you is what he would say. This is the beauty of church. When you guys are pursuing the Lord, God is clearly seen amongst you. God's work is clearly seen amongst your lives. Amen. How many of you want to see God clearly amongst your lives in this room? How many of you want to see God clearly in you and in the people around you? Well, he speaks to that right here in this passage. And I think it starts with this. God's people are a sent people. And if that's one thing that you're going to take away this morning, it's this. Can you guys say this with me? God's people are a sent people. Being sent is something that God does for us and calls us to. You see that from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the very end, you see a God in pursuit of a humanity that was lost to their decision to step into sin and couldn't step out of it back into full relationship with God. You see God being sent himself to the earth through Jesus. But even from the beginning, when you look at people like Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, you look at all these people throughout the Bible and you see that they're not just in good relationship with God. Hey, God loves me more than you. That's not what they are and that's not who they are. But what you see in their lives is you see a specific calling and a season and time of saying, I want to use you to reach this world. That's what made them who they are. And that's what makes us who we are is that we're a people specifically called to the world among us. And, you know, our purpose, our purpose is to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why, he, that's why Jesus started church in the first place. He said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. There is no power quite like the church in this world that can, that can go out into the world, that can fight against the enemy, can fight against anything that would try to stand in the way of proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. 
and you see that, that's the, that's the whole reason why. He didn't say, so you guys could just have a grand old time. But it's in our purpose that we have an incredible time living out our purpose and being fulfilled in who we truly are. Amen? Do you see that? Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you see this, you see Jesus and who he was and how he called us to it. Even at the, the very end of his life, you see Matthew, um, in the book of Matthew 28, I just want to read this verse to you. Many people have called this the Great Commission, and that word commission is the sending off that happens. And what Jesus says in the final words of the book, this is after he's resurrected. This is before he ascends to heaven. And what he would say is, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's a powerful thing Jesus would say right there. He would remind them, I have all the authority I'm God. I'm Lord of heaven and earth. And then he says, therefore, everyone say therefore. Therefore, in light of who God is and what he has in store for us, he would say, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end. Of this age, you see, our calling to love others and make disciples um, is something that God has in store for us. God's people don't just go on mission trips, but we're missional. We're on a mission. That's something that one of our pastors on staff, who is the missions pastor, who pretty much goes to India every weekend because he he travels the world, and yet he would say, "I hate saying the term missions trips, not because there's something wrong with it." But a trip implies that you're going someplace and then you're coming back and you can turn it off. You know, like, nope, turn off the switch. Not, can't think about that anymore. Not sent anymore. Being sent is something who we are and it's a place that we live in in our lives. Being a sent people is something that, that is the very essence of who we are. God created us to be sent people. And so to not be sent in the way that you live, that means something isn't going to feel right in your soul. That means something isn't going to necessarily register. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm connecting well with God when I'm not sent. Because you were made to be sent. And that's where you have true relationship with God in that. I, um, I think that it's interesting to look at this passage because Paul and Barnabas have a calling. But then you see him being sent to a different place. They were sent to Antioch and then they were sent to some different places to go reach the gospel. And so... I want you guys to notice that there's a difference between the two because we have a purpose in your life. How many of you know God has given you a purpose in your life? Amen. But there is also places that God sends us amongst our lives. And so for myself, I know that for my life that I had a calling as a shepherd of people. Um, but that doesn't mean that God's just going to call me to one place or, or that I get to make my own decisions about where I get to do and what I want to do. No, my purpose and where I'm sent are intertwined with one another. They're, they work with one another. And sometimes people can make that mistake of going, yeah, I know my purpose in life, Pastor Jeff. I know what I'm called to do, but I'm going to make my decisions about where I'm sent. I'm going to make my decisions about the people that I'm going to love. I'm going to make decisions about who I'm going to bring the gospel to. When really, being sent is something that God gets to determine in our lives. He gets both of them. You see, that's what you don't see Barnabas and Paul going, I'm not going to Antioch. Or going, I'm not leaving Antioch. 
but you see him walking in step with the Spirit. And so on one hand, you see a purpose and a calling, but you also see a following of God in that. Amen? You know, it's interesting because for a lot of us, when you look at things like schools, teams, church, places that you can be sent, but you also look at things like families, siblings, parents. Parents are a whole nother ball game. Amen? Oh, come on. Amen? <laughs> this is what you hear one kid do. You see, I remember so much in my own journey when God got a hold of my heart in college, and I was going to Portland State at the time, and that is, that is a public school. Um, my tennis team that I was a part of was, was not godly by any means, and that's the, that's the rated G version of it. And I remember at a point of just being like, man, I feel like I need to transfer to a Christian school. I feel like that would be better for me. And I can remember God immediately, immediately when I had that thought go, no, 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 no. I am sending you to this team. I'm sending you to these players on the team because I want them to know me and I'm going to use you in this season. And so for the next two and a half years, they were, they were my sheep. They were the people, they were the apple of my eye is how God describes us. And in the same way, those teammates, my coaches, those were the people that I was called to love, gave my heart to them. Gave everything I had. But when that season ended, what do I do now? Well, God, where are you sending me now? Well, I'm going to send you to this college house that's over here at the church. And I want you to pour your heart into that. Okay, God, I'm going to pour my heart into that. Hey, I'm giving you this job as a tennis coach. I want you to pour into these players that you're going to be coaching. Hey, I'm going to give you this job at George Fox as a coach. Pour into them too. Hey, I'm going to call you to move to Florida. I want you to pour into so many of these youth coming from all over the world. Teach them about Jesus. Okay. Hey, I'm sending you to Colorado. Hey, I'm sending you to Beaverton Foursquare to love on the junior high. Okay, God. Yeah. Woo-woo. But do you see how there's this journey of being sent from one place to another because I know who I'm called to be. I know who the Lord has called me to be. But then there's also this following of the Lord's will in line of your purpose that he calls us to. And I would just say something interesting, too, about being sent to places. You could look at it as places. God has places that he sends us to, and he has places he has already sent us to. Part of being sent is realizing God has already sent you. So when you look at your parents and you go, out of the billions and trillions of people who have existed in all of time, why did God put me in this family? Maybe there was a purpose to that. That wasn't chance. Maybe God put you there to be sent to your parents, to your siblings. Did you know that when you guys get married in the future, that your future spouse and your future family are going to be the greatest ministry that God is going to call you to? Greater than anything that could be happen in a job or a church or a circumstance? That's truly the thing that brings us to our knees before the Lord and says, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you bad. You know, when I'm, before I go to work, before... It sounds interesting, but when I hang out with Carissa or when I hang out with her family, when I hang out with my friends, if we hang out with junior hires at a movie, there's this place of, I just have to pray. I just have to pray that God would, Holy Spirit, would you show up and would you use me? Because I'm sent to them, and I want you to be seen. And it's this place of reliance that happens in our lives that God wants us to, to rely on him, seeking his strength. Giving him everything every day is where we 
where we live and where we're sent. And I think that's where it starts is by relying on the Holy Spirit because when you're sent, you are to rely on the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own strength. In fact, I can remember, you know, so many times where I knew my own capability of love. How many of you have ever ran out of love for someone or something? Oh, come on. Well, maybe. Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, I'm human. And that's a good place to be because that's the end of yourself, and that's where the Holy Spirit gives you the love that you need. I cannot tell you how many times I have looked at people or places and thought, I know my own capabilities. Holy Spirit, would you help me? And then I'm in the midst of it, and it's like this new strength has come over me. And it's like, where did that come from? How was I able to love that much? It's because when you rely on the Holy Spirit, he's able to walk with you that. Equally as much, there have been so many times where I haven't relied on the Holy Spirit in moments, and I went, God, what was I thinking? Forgive me of that. And he says, absolutely. Now let me teach you again how to do this. See, I can, uh, it's so much about faith than it is about comfort. And what I would say is that if to be a sent people, to be a sent person, isn't about comfort. It's about faith. You know, Antioch was such a, a, a booming church, a healthy church. Could you imagine? Here's Paul, here's Barnabas. They're ministering there. Things are going well. The church is growing. They're seeing the Holy Spirit move, and then they go, okay, now we're going to send you to some different territories where you might be killed. You're not going to make money. Might be tough. You don't know who you're going to meet or how they're going to receive you, but I need you to step out in faith. Because if they only looked at it from a side of comfort, then they would have said, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. And, you know, that can easily so translate to our own lives because, Maybe God is calling you to someone at school who has a tendency to bully. Maybe God is calling you to your sibling who you can't stand. And you go, nope, that is too uncomfortable. Or maybe God is calling you to certain teammates, certain people, certain circumstances. And you go, nope, there's no glory in that. Nope, that's just too uncomfortable of a place. And it only gets harder and harder as you get older. And that's why this message is so relevant to us right now. Because there's going to come a place where you're going to have to make decisions. Well, Lord, it might not be the best financial decision to make. This might not be the best decision for my career. But, Lord, I'm trusting you in faith. Lord, this might put our family in a place of faith before you. But I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. You see that happening. And you see God honoring that. There's a story about some missionaries from Papua New Guinea. There's a book that's called 5,000 Arrows. That um, It's a powerful book. Uh, Natalie, do you want to put up the picture of them? This is the Hughes family. Nope, other one. That is not the Hughes family. <laughs> they come during the 1115 service. <laughs> Welcome. Merry Christmas. Oh, my the Hughes family, um, these are retired missionaries in Foursquare. Um, and they, they made a decision after they got married that they would go to Papua New Guinea. And they, they made this decision. This is before planes. This is before Skype. This is before you could travel around the world in 24 hours. It was a decision that they made pretty much saying the end of their life. Or so they thought. You know, if we're not coming back from this. And so... I remember actually one of the missionaries um, who was a part of that team 
Israel and I and a couple other pastors, we went to help her move. She's a little bit older. And so we were helping her move, and we just saw this giant barrel that was in her garage. And we were wondering, why does she have a barrel, you know? But what it was was actually they would have that they would give them to people who were leaving. They would load up everything that they had in their lives, close it up, put it on a steamboat when they live, and that's it. That was everything that they had. That was everything that they would take with them because it was a one-way trip in their hearts. And when they came to Papua New Guinea, I want you guys to hear this. This is the gospel at work. In order to reach these remote villages where they had never, these villages had never seen mankind, now you can put up the picture. Those are the people that had never seen mankind, not during the 1115 service. But to, in order to reach those um, people, they had to walk through 10 miles of jungle, and every 100 yards they would have to stop, get out a knife, and cut off leeches that would be on them because they were walking through a swamp. And they just did it over and over and over until they reached the people with the good news of Christ. God honored them, and the Holy Spirit moved in a mighty way. In fact, that, that woman that I helped clean out her house, she told me this story once that they had a service, and they were preaching the good news of Christ, and one person came up and just dropped three arrows in her hand. And she was like, what's this? He says, I'm coming to know Jesus. He said, and I'm giving up the arrows that I used to hunt other human beings with and eat. I give this to you, God. It was salvation at work in front of them. And that's a powerful story to look at. And that's incredible faith done by those two people and by that team. Because, in fact, nowadays there's over 20,000 churches in Papua New Guinea that were accredited to their mission strip. That's the power of being sent. That's what God can do when you step out in accordance to his will. Because think about them. What if they would have never taken that step of faith? What if they would have just said, nope, that's just too uncomfortable. Nope, that's just too hard to leave my family. And yes, in that, in that immediate moment, it looks like that. But God gives so much more back when you give him the little bit that we have and that we hold on to. Amen? See, we're in circumstances, we're in places in our lives where we're answering out of faith as well. Where we're making immediate decisions to give up certain things. Maybe our own comfort, maybe certain circumstances. But do you trust that God's going to give you infinitely amount back? Because he will. He will. See, I remember when I was at the college house and I felt like the Lord was calling me away from Beaverton Foursquare and calling me to Florida. I didn't know anyone in Florida. I didn't know what it had in store for me. I didn't know what the job would be like, but I knew that God was calling me to it. Some people would even say, Jeff, you're forfeiting your opportunity to be a pastor by leaving this place. And yet, it was a place of, I didn't go, you're right, I'm going to stay here and give my circumstances the best opportunity. No, it was, no, I trust God. I trust God to step out and whatever he's going to do. And he honored that. And he wants to honor you and your faith that you have for him as well. What decisions of faith, who are the people that God is sending you to? What are the circumstances that God is sending you to right now in your life? Being sent is so much more than just going to hard circumstances or just loving people, but being sent is following God. Them going to Papua New Guinea wasn't their decision to leave something. It was to follow God into something. When you're sent to a person in your life, when you're sent to your parents, it isn't you just going to them. It's you following God to that person. It's truly walking with the Lord. We're not running ahead of him, 
we're not falling behind him, but we're walking in step with him, even if we don't always understand the step that's happening in front of us. And I think when you, when you live sent, that's where you begin to see God's love made complete in you. There's a verse in 1 John 4.12, and it says this. It says, no one has ever seen God. Can we just stop one more time? No one has ever seen God physically. But if we love one another, you love the people around you, you're sent to the people around you. It says this, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. But when you love one another, when you are acting in faith, when you're stepping out in faith, even when you're not perfect, when you're just saying, God, I'm going to step out in faith. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what this has in store for me. It says that God lives in you and his love is made complete in us. And it gives this picture of what your life is supposed to look like. Natalie, can you put up the picture of the river really fast? This is a picture of a pretty clear river. And when God is pouring down his love for you, and he's pouring down everything that he has in store for you, and you're giving it to the people around you, this is what it looks like in your heart. It's this clear river. It's fresh. It's clean. Nothing moldy, no algae, things like that can't necessarily live in that kind of area because it's flowing freely. And in our lives, when we love others and we're constantly giving the very thing that God is giving to us, it's like this healthy place that God has given before us. You know, like, and you look at the bottom, see how clear it is? That's what your heart would look like because when you're living scent, it like cleans out, it reveals your heart and you're able to cleanse it out. Now, I want you to put the picture of the swamp up really fast. Now, do you see all the green stuff that's under the water kind of there? Kind of gross. How many of you have ever had to walk through like a swamp? It's kind of gross. But you see, what happens here is when this is water that doesn't flow, it just fills you up. And when you're not giving it out to others, what happens? Mold begins to grow. Things begin to fester inside of you, and they're not accountable for anymore because it's not flowing anywhere. So how would you even know that's below the surface if it's not flowing to anything? So it is with our own hearts sometimes because we're in this place of not giving, but meanwhile, under the surface... Things are growing. Unhealthy things begin to fall into our lives. Weaknesses, bondages, hurts, pains, sins begin to grow. But when you're stepping in line with the Lord, more importantly, you see this freshness. You see God flowing through you. The overflow of your life beginning to happen. Amen? How many of you want to be the river out of these two? Yeah? That's what we want to be, and that's who we want to be. But it starts with this. It starts with being a sent people. And that's where truly God gets confirmed of who you are. Last year um, at halftime, it was our first halftime of the year. A lot of you guys know uh, Dalen. And I remember this story. One, I was convicted by this story, which you'll know why in a second. So it was the first halftime of the year, and we're outside playing basketball over here. And a junior higher, he, like, falls, and he, like, hurts his shoulder really bad. He's like, I think I dislocated it. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, stop. You're just whining, <laughs> you know. And so Dalen's like, hey, can we go get ice? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, here's the key. Go get the ice. And then I see him like 30 minutes later. And I say, I'm like looking at him like, well, 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 you look all better now. And his arm's fine. And Dalen's like, has this face. And he's like, Jeff, I need to talk to you. And he was like, I prayed for his shoulder. 
because I felt like God was telling me to. And God healed him right there in that moment. And that was a miracle of God in that moment. I remember, first of all, just being convicted. I was like, oh, why didn't I trust that God would do something in the moment? Not just, well, 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 faker, (laughs) you know. But let me ask you something this. Do you think if somebody walked up to Dalen and said, God doesn't love you, he would go, you're right. He just used me as an avenue to heal people around me. Love is this. Love isn't just wanting to be around you. Love is needing and using you too. Did you know that God wants to use you? That God wants to work in you? That he wants to give you a purpose in your life? Because so often in our lives we say, God, you love me, but I'm going to do my own thing. God, you love me, but I'm going to, there's no room for your purpose in my life. There's no room for me acting in faith and being sent. I'm going to ask Elisa to come up. And we're going to close um, just in a point of prayer here in a minute. I want you guys to put down your Bibles, put down your phones. We're going to respond here in a minute to this message. Being sent is who we are. It's being sent is who God has called us to be. Being sent is something that God wants you to live in in your lives, that we're a sent people, and that's something that we share. When we come in on Sunday mornings, it's not just for us. This isn't about us, and that's probably the greatest revelation of who God is. It's not about us. It's about others, and it's about that world. And yes, that world can be an awful place sometimes because of sin and its curse, but did you know that our very purpose is wrapped up in the world? Jesus wasn't from the world, but he loved the world and he gave his life for the world. That's the heart of being sent, that we would give our lives for those around us. And that's who we are. That's who you are. Maybe you're in a place this morning where you've heard the gospel of Jesus, but you've tried to live out your own will. Maybe you've just tried to do your own thing. Maybe you've never thought of your parents or your siblings as someone that you were sent to. Rather, you said, why aren't they coming to me? But the truth of the matter is God isn't looking at us from heaven and saying, why aren't they coming to me? He said, I'm going to go to them. I'm going to go to them and show them the love of Christ. So I want to do something with you right now. I want us to respond in such a way that we would come forward. Um, If you want to be a sent person, I'm just going to ask us as a response. I'm going to ask you guys to be bold. This is family in the room. We're transparent. We don't judge one another. We celebrate one another. And so I'm going to ask you to do this. If you're someone who wants to be sent in your life, maybe you're in a place of hearing this and you're feeling the Holy Spirit go, yep, this is what I have in store for you in your life. Yep, I want you to be sent. I want you to be the avenue for which your parents know Christ. Yes, I want you to be the avenue for which your siblings, for which your friends at school know Christ. Yes, I want to use you because I love you that much. And if you want to say yes to that, I'm going to ask that you would stand and that you'd come forward. Um, And maybe this morning you have heard of Jesus, but maybe you're in a place of, I don't know if he could ever love me or ever forgive me. And what I would say is not only does he love you and forgive you, but he wants to use you. He has a purpose for you. He gave you purpose before you ever fell into sin, which means once sin is removed, what could stand you from living out your purpose in Christ? And so I'm just going to ask right now, just in boldness, in a safe place, that if you want to come forward, if you want to just stand and come forward to be a person that sent that you do that right now.
Go ahead. Don't be afraid. That's awesome. Don't be afraid, guys. If you're feeling in your heart, yes, this is what I want to be. I want to be someone that's sent to the people around me. Yep, Lord, I'm choosing you right now. Everyone, this is for everyone. And I want us to do something here. I'm going to ask, um, if you're up here right now, I just want to say thanks so much for coming forward. And um, God has called you. God has not only has a purpose, but he's sending you too in your lives and that he has good things in store for you. God lives in you and he loves you and he loves all of us. And so what I'm going to ask that you guys would do is just put your arms around the people that are around you right here. And there's something I would just ask of the rest of you. If you guys could come forward and just on the backs of the shoulders, just lay hands on them. Don't be shy. And this is something that we just read about in the word here. They were praying, they were fasting, and then God set them apart. And then it says this, it said that then they placed their hands on them and sent them off. That we lay hands on one another, that we pray for one another, that we commission one another, that God has called us to do that. And this morning, just with eyes closed, heads bowed, Jesus, we, we respond and say, Lord, send me. Lord, send us as a people. Lord, to the world around us. God, would you give us your heart and give us your eyes for this world around us? Lord, we we can barely even fathom the fact that you love this world more than we could ever imagine. Lord, the people and the places that seem so lost, that seem so dark, Lord, you have hope that they'll come to know you because of the work of the cross is bigger than that. If they just knew. And Lord, your word says, how will anyone know if someone isn't sent to them? is what it says in Romans 10. So Lord, would you send us? Lord, would you change our hearts? If there's anything we need to change in our hearts, would you change it? And Lord, would you send us to the people? Would you make it so clear of who you're calling us to love and to learn how to love through reaching out to them, Jesus? Would you show us that? We praise you in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Can we give it up to God?